Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. Leavers and believers and anybody out there with a passing interest in anything that's cool, welcome to Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya and I'm super thrilled you're here. Today is an extra special event, aren't they all? This week I was fortunate enough to find time in Janice Lagata's schedule and we sat down initially to talk about the report that Hillsong commissioned into its own East Coast campus in New York after the fallout from the Carl Lentz drama. And that report had been very difficult to come by and I had asked Janice to chat about it with me. Janice has long been a podcaster, a writer, a musician. Her podcast, God Has Not Given started just a month before that fallout began and I remember knowing of her then and not knowing how we could ever kind of connect and it's taken a little while but we have and then when it came to reading this report and we'll post bits and pieces of it it's just so kind of trashy it was just it was just a kind of a National Enquirer kind of report and it I don't know two years ago Janice was a New York correspondent, but she has added so much more to this conversation and she blows me away every time she does an interview with her wisdoms and just her calm and uh, rational approach to everything. And uh, I just couldn't do the National Enquiry thing. So 
we jumped around all over the place. We talk about Vanity Fair and we talk about people's responsibility in the system and we talk about so much more as well as this report and some of the people in it. So really, we just talked about all things on the Grifter Highway. So kick back and enjoy part one with Janice Legata. Janice? Yes, ma'am. Welcome to Leaving Hillsong. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> so excited to be here. We knew it was going to happen eventually. It had to. Sooner or later. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a long time and trying to hook up times and outside of, you know, major catastrophes and stuff has been, uh, <laughs> has been really interesting. Yeah. So can I start you with our, our basic um Our first question that we just, we, the first Leaving Hillsong question, which is, um, how did you find yourself at Hillsong? I found myself at Hillsong proper in May of 2005 when I, yeah, left my home in California and became a student of Hillsong International Leadership College. So, yeah, that's how, that's how I ended up in Hillsong. And that, that was from growing up in church, being a creative type, being mm-hmm. a musician, and, you know, wrestling with the pressure that maybe it still is. I don't, I don't know what's happening in evangelical culture, but it was a big push towards, you know, for creative people using your gifts for the Lord. A lot of worry about creative kids coming worldly, being taken in by the secular world, you know, selling their souls. So just a lot of pressure being put on. No, you have to, you have to use this gift for the Lord and, you know, find a way to remain holy. And so that was when, you know, Hillsong was, starting to take over the world stage Mm. so their praise and worship music was being used in you know churches all over the place so that was how I first knew of Hillsong they were oh that that poppy modern wave of worship music so that was you know where was that college located Sydney and I went to the um, Hills campus you stay in Sydney for how long I originally came and the plan was just to be here for a year, you know, just mm-hmm. do the, the one year of college. And I ended up staying almost four and a half years. Didn't move back okay. to the States until 2009. I moved to the East Coast. I didn't right. know, Sorry, you're not-, not for Hillsong. Like I just needed just to be somewhere different. And I had visited a friend that I met at Hillsong College, had visited her in New York and well. I like it. So that's where I'll go when I go back. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I beat Hillsong New York by a couple of months, but <laughs> I didn't didn't know it was it was coming. Okay. And then it opens. I mean, this is this is such a, an interesting perspective that you bring because you sort like you know, from the original uh birthings of the place and there's those promo videos, you know, where there's just a couple of guys that just have a couple of dreams and want to take it to you know show the world god and stuff and then you know what we end up with so yeah starting days are are just a couple of guys in a band i mean (laughs) 
guess from the outside. Yeah, I mean, you know, those couple of guys didn't even show up at first, right? Like we were having the connect groups and, and you know, laying the groundwork. And it was you know, just a, a team of faithful volunteers. So Carl and Laura, uh, boom, boom to, to this yeah. audience. Wow. Um, <laughs> they, they were announced pretty early on as like uh, members of the team but they weren't you know going to be the lead pastors they were just going to be part of part of the team and then yeah eventually it switched to no they're going to be leading it it's interesting it's interesting yeah mm. and then but you know it was a few, it was still a few months before they were actually on the ground in New York and then Joel was after that so it was in the early days it was you know Reed and Jess Bogard laying most of the groundwork and uh, being the first, the initial villains. So, I mean, even that's interesting. There was uh, apparently the story goes that uh, the third child of Brian and Bobby Laura had this week long wedding in Fiji. And that's where the decision was made to send Carl or something. And you can just kind of see, you know what I mean? Over a week, everyone's kicking back. There's a, it was you know, a high-class resort for a week, the whole family's there, and that's what I'm like, it's, yeah. And then, I mean, you and I got talking not to uh, jump to any spoilers that, that <laughs> have already been out, but got to talking about this report that, even according to the authors, the lawyers of that report, that investigation, this thing within 10 years turns into just just chaos just unregulated chaos right it just appears like even from the brief perspective of those investigators who i was trying to look for kind of if they had any bias or you know but they weren't exactly flattering and stuff to it they didn't you know seem like they were getting paid to write in a particular way or there was some bias or something behind the scenes it didn't have a spell check on it like there's so many it's weird like for a, <laughs> a legal document it was so strangely structured but as an outsider i said you just before as an outsider it's like it's ugly and you have to think if these are the ones that are coming forward like how many other kind of episodes were going on to an insider it just must be well, when I first read it, there wasn't, uh, there was nothing in it that that was like, oh, oh, I've never heard of that before. I would have never, like, it was just confirmation. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, this was, this was the culture and this was the things that was happening. I think what surprised me was they didn't, so this, you know, uh, churches and internal investigations are always a little, little sus. This was done by a third party but also like when when they were collecting stories and testimonies and you know confessions for this report you didn't email who's this gore and brandeis and whatever like you, it wasn't like you were sending an email to them you were sending an email to darren kiddo like so it's not like wow Wow. You know, so it's 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 going through the Hillsong filter before they're giving right. you know the contact information over over to these people. And even like, you know, I'm I'm in this report. I didn't no one talked to me. I didn't participate <gasps> in this. So, you know, they're pulling things from other places too. Mm. 
and then even with all of that said, they, you know, talk to or reference what something like 35, 36 people, which is not even 1% of, you know, Hillsong, New York's congregation or population or people who are coming through. And it's it's not even 1%. And these are awful stories. These, these are the hand-selected 1% that got through and is still a shit show. Like, this was the best of the worst for them. And it's it's awful. I mean, in light of all the documentaries and the publicities, that is so scandalous and sensationalized and stuff. And I mean, behind this is some some very you know real people and and a culture and a culture that's been left behind. Wonder what happened on day four or five in the conversation in Fiji. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, just go do what you like. I mean, because we learn, you know, later on that that extravagance and lack of the word no is is the culture at head head office back in Australia. So, I mean, how do you want to kind of look at it? It's a, it's 49 pages. I just, when the lawyers say that, you know, the structure was undesirable, immoral, or potentially illegal, you've got to, you've got to know <laughs> it's saying something. Having just seen that Vanity Fair thing, you and I were both in a, a document, Think of it as a work of fiction. <laughs> that, well, it was. It was like a. It was a docu docudrama. That's that's. It was the a new, docudrama. Um, yeah, like, that's know. the new. That's that's the genre where you you take real things and you make a fictional version of it. A little bit of this. I hope they get like you know their leading role is played by a guy called Carl Lentz, who's in this report. And, you know, it's fascinating in terms of his ability to control, manipulate, deceive and for his own outcome. And the report details that behaviour in running the church as well as in responding to the report. There's so many times when the lawyers say that he's not believable. All those kind of things, which just, you know, which sets that culture, sets that dynamic i'm surprised anybody wrote in at all if they had to send it via jaron kiddo yeah yeah but i mean but also we we know that name we know who that is and we forget a lot of the people on the ground don't like like hillsong is its its own solar system and you know uh if you're a hot shot in your campus then you're a hot shot in your campus but that doesn't necessarily mean anybody else knows the names or knows who's who. So I think just a lot, a right. ton, most lower level people, like, especially at that point when I have no idea who Darren Kiddo is. He's, I mean, he was what, he was a board member and what was his responsibility there? Just. If you don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's just, it's, you know, it's often that first step where complainants people who you know feel there's something wrong want to go to an organization or when things go really bad on a big level and the first thing they do is invite people to come and tell them what happened and 
you know, people initially really welcome this. It's like, look, we're going to get some kind of reconciliation here. It's going to be great. We'll have communication. And it's like, did you see it again and again? The churches do it. And it's their yeah. best way to gather that raw information. It's like just that next level of gaslight, really, hey? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this without, like, being trashy or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Going through, like, who's the bad guy? In the in all these scenarios, and you know, but it is such an interesting analysis of power. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And even in the report, it was kind of disappointing on read this time round to see again that the focus was again pretty much on a few top ranking people, and that the scores and scores of other attendees, or whatever, were just not part of the report really yeah and it's i mean part of it is again their their little culling and hand selection process but also you know we're dealing with a traumatized population of people and people who if you're still in hillsong you've seen problems you've seen issues or you're in hillsong and you're you know casual enough where you don't you don't see what's how the sausage is made and you're just, you know, enjoying whatever. But the hierarchies and the power plate, like it's all at play all the time. And most people, if you're still in Hillsong, you you still believe in it. You still think it can be fixed or you think it it's fine and there are just a few little things, you know, whatever. So there's not like a there's not a glut of people who are still in Hillsong and who and who have like a like a, a proper view of it who are going to share their stories like they're only going to speak if they feel enough freedom to if they even feel like their story matters and if they feel like they are still being respectful and and honorable like the, the honor culture is a big deal so i don't i don't even know how you could get proper report about Hillsong from right. Hillsong people. Like, yeah. Do I think this uh, firm was hired by Hillsong? Uh, yeah, obviously. And, mm. you know, <laughs> as bad as the report is, uh, do I think they still cleaned up a lot and left out a lot? And yeah, obviously. Especially at this point, I'm, there's no way to tell a properly focused Hillsong story from the outside. Like, there's... It's just, I don't think it can't, because if you're coming into it, why are you coming into it? Why did it get your attention? Why are you interested in this now? And if you're coming at it from this, this scandal perspective, like, oh, well, I heard Hillsong self-destructed and I want to see what that's about. Like, it's, you know, voyeur culture and it's yeah. it's a scandal and, and it's capitalism. Like, you're here because, and you're trying to tell the story because it's going to garner you attention or make you money and that's that's your guiding light that's bringing you into it and that's going to be your guiding light going through it so you know with vanity fair it's disappointing but it's also not that surprising like we we trusted these people because we had to or we thought we thought we had to right like 
we've been ringing this bell for so long and trying to get people to to look and to listen. And so here's somebody saying, oh, no, I get it. I want to tell your story and I want to bring it to this audience. And we don't have that audience. Or we didn't we didn't think we did. And so we say, OK, I'll let you do the legwork and I'll let you. Yeah. Put the work in, put the money behind it. And I'm going to trust that <laughs> you're a sensible person and you can see, you know, What's well, what? Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair would never do. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Like, they're huge. They would never not do what they said or bait and switch. Yeah, that's what you would think. And, you know, for me, it wasn't even so much like vanity fair because like what what even is that who i can't tell you like who who runs vanity fair i don't know but like yeah it's just banking on the name and this kind of journalistic integrity and you know i'm feeling defensive and kind of protective of those of us who participated because i hate i hate us feeling like we got duped again and you know questioning ourselves because all the all the signs were were right and they were good, right? And we're talking to, you know, Alex French and Dan Adler and who have, who did great jobs before. And so, you know, why would yep. we think they wouldn't? Like all of this happened, you know, coming up on three years ago. And a lot of us have been in communication with some of these people from then. So it isn't like, you know, they just sprung up one day and like, hey, you guys want to be in our documentary? And we're like, we we've never seen or heard from any of you. It's like, no, these are these are people who got in at the beginning of the story and kind of established themselves as people to be trusted. So yeah, we had no reason, no reason not to. And at some point, right, if you want to get the story out there, if you want to warn other people, you're gonna have to trust other people. So that's what we were presented with. And you know, I don't know. I don't know where it went off the rails or who, you know, who was the one to to buy into the allure. And I don't even even think they bought into the allure. I think they uh, played themselves. I think they got too eager to hook this big fish and didn't pay attention to 
the contracts, just gave up too much, you know, expecting Carl to give more than he did. And yeah, I think they got, I think they got played. And that was, that was a saving one for me when you wrote your open letter and you said, (laughs) imagine getting got in 2023. (laughs) We all got got in 2010. And a psychologist a friend of mine has, has said to me, like, this is just proof that people like Carl can twist anyone. They can manipulate anyone. So that's kind of seen me through because, I mean, I had no idea that he was going to be in the production until the trailer dropped. Had you been told? No, no, absolutely not. And then, like, for me, I sort of just held on good faith. Even so, and then something happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time before the documentary release in that space between, yeah, when the press release came out and then before the documentary dropped, you know, just talking people down and be like, no, I think it's, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be okay. You know, I was banking a lot on documentaries that have been done well. Like I was thinking especially about like Lula Rich and those are the people who have now done uh, Shiny Happy People. But like Lula Rich had the owners of LuLaRoe in the documentary as well. But they were handled in such a way, and not even handled, like they were just allowed to tell their story, but also, you know, push back on, ask questions, and just allowed to be there and be themselves. And, you know, let the audience see, oh, yeah, okay, they're here. And their perspective is what it is, and it's it's valid to them, <laughs> but they're still not great people, and we're not coddling them or trying to make them, mm-hmm. you know, look better than they were. So, like, it can be done, and that's what I hoped would happen, and it just wasn't. It's plenty of times you can do it. Bad vegan, I think that was kind of, mm-hmm. she kind of showed herself, and that's... That's what I assumed was going to happen. That just you show a Carl Lentz on on camera and you you see what it is. But yeah. then they framed this thing. One of the sharpest points that I I couldn't believe that they left in there was the relationship between him, who is the, who was the like number one guy there, and his nanny, a woman called Leona, who was also like a friend of his wife's and in this documentary he's given the final word on or the only word really on you know whether that was a an abusive relationship or not and i found that quite you know staggering as well it's a messy situation it it's a chunk of this report as well like I don't know what it, you know. I mean, and there's the pay rates and stuff in there as well. It's just exploitation all over the place. If you, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's that's why, I like, well, I struggle to refer to this this documentary as like journalism because it's mm-hmm. not even that. Again, have have Carl and Lentz, have Carl and Laura on. Who cares? Talk to them, but. I don't know. It's like, did you (laughs) and all the Vanity Fair, did none of you see this report? So are you not? They did. So if you didn't see this report, how how did you not see this report? Like it's been out for 
two years. This is your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you not get a hold of this? And what they does told that... me afterwards? Yeah, they didn't. So I didn't know. But mm. and it's like you didn't know it existed. You know it existed. You didn't try. You didn't. So you guys don't have that much pull. Like it's. So that's just strange. Like this is like right. low hanging fruit, and not that it's easy to get, but it's not impossible. And so the fact that you don't have like the bare basics, yeah, that just doesn't speak well of you or or this endeavor. But yeah, even even barring that, like you just, how do you have Carl Lentz there, and you're going to talk about this affair, which I guess you only know about because it was in the media. Um, you guys did know digging because if you had seen this report or talked to anyone else, you would know that the the stories and the timelines aren't matching up. This wasn't Carl's only affair. So to let Laura sit there and, and play this role and pretend like, you know, oh, this affair came out and, you know, I found out on this day and for a long time, not this particular affair, but like you've known, you've known what the score right. is. And so for nobody to ask you any follow-up questions about that, if we're going to talk specifically about Carl and Leona, and again, like you said, he kind of got to have the last word and declare, you know, oh, this isn't, this was, this was, it was not abuse. This was just an affair. If he's going to say that, fine. And if you're not going to push back on him, fine. But you also have therapists, you have trained therapists that you commissioned who were part of this thing. Let them speak to it. Let somebody else talk about yep. spiritual abuse. Let somebody else talk about power dynamics. And again, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to get Carl Lentz to say anything. But the information is here. Just put it out there. So it's just a, you know, just a, a real dereliction that's, of duty. That's basic me too kind of protocol. That's the kind of right. stuff where I'm going, do you know what I mean? Like, do they really, really? Like, that's why I was like, I said to them, like, how much did he pay you to do this? But it's just, you know, these real basics of even if you're pretending that you did due diligence, you would have had somebody come in and say, well, I don't know. She wasn't even that old in the beginning. Like, he was a few years older than her. She's in her early 20s, the the nanny Leona, right? I don't even know. I don't know. (laughs) She's a grown woman. Right, yes. And also... Leona Kimes was absolutely abused by Carl Lentz. And Leona Kimes has absolutely profited and benefited from that system and is herself a villain in that system. But yeah, it is abuse. And the fact that they couldn't just get someone to say that, shocking. Yeah, yeah. Or even suggest it at all something. It was, at any You touch on something that's so, that to me is one of the most common and the most difficult areas that I come across that I know a lot of people struggle with is that whole, what do you do with somebody who's, for every wonderful story someone will tell you about someone, someone else will come along and tell you that they got screamed at by that same person. So like, what do you do with the, this person was a victim, but they were also an abuser, like straight out. How do you kind of reconcile that stuff on the just, I don't know, I mean, again, a huge question, but. How do I address it? So I was, I was in that system. 
And I thought of myself as a villain way before I thought of myself as a victim. It feels weird to kind of know how to think about these people now, because on one hand, they are they're terrible people. They're awful. They're bad. They're bad people. Not because of, you know, human depravity and, you know, what evangelicalism will say, which we're all we're all depraved and we're all awful yeah, people. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not. So these people are bad because they have consistently made bad choices. They come into a room, they come into a situation, and for whatever reason, whatever childhood wounds, whatever, whatever, we all have all of our reasons for being who we are and how we are. But they consistently decided to walk into rooms and be the biggest asshole, to be awful, to abuse their power, to abuse whatever, whatever they have. They're bad people. But like when I think about myself, I'm not a I'm not a better person than them in the sense that, mm -hmm. you know, these these are people who were here and we're talking and we're having lots of people are talking and lots of people have had experiences because these people are on the top of this system. The system that was telling us, no, these are the people you follow, these are the people you look to to learn how to be how to be better. And so they're there. And they've been put here, assumedly by God, because God sees something in them or God knows something or whatever. But these are God's top picks. So then how and how how do I have a more developed conscience than you? How do how do I feel worse about these things than you do? I don't think I do. Like I can't, I can't say, well, I don't think Carl Lentz has a conscience. I don't think Carl Lentz knows right from wrong. No, he does. And he chooses every day to bypass that, to purposefully subvert it when he can, right? To use what he knows people think of him, to use his power, his privilege, his position, and the honor and the respect that people have been taught to give for that. And he uses all of that. He knows that's all there and he uses it to his advantage to do the wrong thing. Like, it's not even about, like, have, have power, have position, have money. That, those aren't the issues. Like, what are you doing with them? And they keep choosing to do the wrong thing. And they know they're doing the wrong thing. So for me, if you were part of the system and you were abusive, you were a villain, if you had any, any amount of power, you probably were. Not because you're a bad person, but you were brought up you were taught you you know some things can't be taught they have to be caught well you caught on to how to be an awful an awful person how to survive in this system there's nothing we can do about what what has happened and who we were then but if today <laughs> at your big age whatever it is in 2023 you still can't cop to what you were a part of you still can't admit that there are issues here and that you were complicit, that you had a part in it. Well, I don't, there's nothing to say to you because for what? You, you're not a good person and you know that. If I know it, you know it. And so I don't know, there's just a lot of arguments I just don't have anymore because what are we going around for? This is a bad system. This is a bad system that has hurt a lot of people. And you are like, you, there's a level of like selfish and arrogance 
selfishness and arrogance. Like if you're fine with that, if you're saying, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I know that Carl Lentz abused a lot of people. I know that Carl Lentz, yeah, abused his power and treated this woman in a way that she should not have been treated, regardless of what I think of her or how I feel about her. Like this should not have happened, but it was fine for me. I had a good experience. So you're okay with like, it's, it's worth it to you. Somebody else's physical, emotional, sexual abuse is worth it for you. Like you're fine that that's the price tag that came for your good experience. Not a great experience probably, but just a fine experience. Oh, I didn't get yelled at by Carl Lentz today. And that is worth, yeah, that's worth Leona Kimes, you know, going through whatever emotional trauma. And it's just, it's just a dark view of your good God. Like your good God needs all these awful things to happen to get a song about him out to, you know. know, I wonder how often you hear people say, because I hear it quite a bit. Well, the one, the, the one good person at Hillsong was though, or there what no, but really you've got to say that, you know, so-and-so was, he, he was the real deal. I mean, the rest of the place was terrible, but he was the real deal. And it's like, if people can have that one person, then maybe the whole thing's not rotten or something, but it comes up time and time again. And as for people's own personal responsibility, there are some people who are very, very tied to the idea of being a victim, like 100%. And it's almost like if they're not that, then maybe they got scammed. And that is much more more difficult pill to swallow. I don't know. It's, you know, it's brutal to give so much of yourself to something and then have to realize, oh, this was not a, this was not the best thing. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just get caught up in, you know, the sunk cost fallacy. Well, I put yeah. so much time and energy and money and <laughs> myself and my ego and I've, you know, told so many people that they're wrong. I can't turn back now. I just got to, I got to fix it. I got to make it work. Which, which sounds again like Laura Lentz. I wanted to ask you about Laura because she's kind of done the same thing with her own marriage and stuff or has she or what was that because that was not the most outstanding role model for women a lot you know that she's turned up on this vanity fair interview and she's like i mean that's a genuine pain on her face i'm sure it is she was humiliated and she lost a lot of status a lot of everything but uh you know she's also demonstrating as whatever women's leader she was that you just you know you do best to make things work it you know she's a pastor's kid as well so i mean i'm not it's it's a mitigating kind of thing they grow up in this tiny little world i get that i mean she's also very well grown up what i mean what of the misogyny could you feel and did you experience over the time like it's so insidious in a lot of ways or overt i mean you tell me what it was like there it's so alpha male from the sounds of all accounts yeah i mean hillsong ah hillsong this is a much longer conversation and part two will be out tomorrow
I hope you've all enjoyed this part of the Grifter Highway with Janice Legata from New York. God Has Not Given is her podcast. And she's recently put out a book called Grift of God. Check it out. Thanks for all your support, messages, comments, stories. We'll be back tomorrow. So be kind to the people around you and don't forget yourself in that. Be good to you. And uh, keep leaving Hillsong. And we'll talk soon. Bye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns